God's grace, his mercy, his peace, they are yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who speaks to us today to prepare our hearts to receive him. Amen. So has all your shopping been completed? Otherwise, you missed it, right? It's Black Friday uh, last Friday, but, but don't worry. If you missed Black Friday, there's always Cyber Monday so that you can you can get your shopping done because the date is coming. You know it's on the calendar. It's December 25th, and that's Christmas Day. And if you're to have a celebration and family gathering and follow the traditions of that holiday, then you're going to have a tree with gifts underneath it with names on them and people open gifts. We know how to prepare for that day. It's already on the calendar. You're probably already planning your vacation or knowing who's coming and it was the same for Thanksgiving, wasn't it? If you think about it, I asked people as they came in, were you hosted or did you get, or did you do the hosting? And you probably knew the numbers so you could set the plates out. You knew just how many sets of silverware you needed, how many chairs around the table. And even if someone else showed up because we're good Lutherans or people bring food, there probably was enough, right? Maybe you had to cut the pie a little smaller, the pieces, but, but one extra mouth to feed, no problem, right? Because we know how to plan a celebration we know how to plan a feast we know how to plan a holiday we know what's involved it's easy when the date's on the calendar and you know this is the time and this is the people and this is the way you plan it you can look forward to it you can count down to it but what if you're planning for something that doesn't have a date on the calendar when it's not something that's just the cycle of of the year you know, it's, it's easy when you look at, at Christmas and you understand, we as Christians understand the meaning of the season, right? And it's to celebrate something far more than gifts and a tree can, can bring. It's, it's what God retells us about Jesus, Jesus coming that first time. And he came humbly in, in a way that the world didn't even notice and it was by angel announcement and a few shepherds and it was with Mary and Joseph in, in a stable and that was the way that God introduced his Savior to the world and most of the world slept. And yet that date is so significant it, it splits history. Between B.C. and A.D. it's a very important date and now Jesus comes to us and says, that was the beginning of my plan of salvation, but there's more to come. And he doesn't give us the specific date, but I would say this, this second return of Jesus is, is far more significant and it's going to come in such a different way because he's going to come with power and authority and finish everything that he has begun, not only in his life and death in this world, but all that he has begun in hearts. And so Jesus says, watch and be careful because this day is coming and it's, it's coming soon. And, and if you listen to the gospel lesson, you'll, you'll see how different that day is going to be. It's going to be hard for the world to be sleeping through that day. I, I think the way Jesus is coming the second time, the world may notice when the sun stops shining and there's no more reflection that the moon can grab, right? When the stars start to fall out of their orbit and everything is rocked, where the most powerful and rich on the planet are going to tremble in fear because the waters rage and foam and, and nothing is in place, nothing is predictable, and then Jesus is going to come in the clouds with angels and announce his return and every knee will bow and it is going 
going to be a day that comes like that. And a part of us says, whoa, that freaks me out a little bit because there's not a date on the calendar. How do I prepare? What do I wear? How do I know when he returns like that? What am I going to be doing? Am I going to be set off balance? Am I going to see these signs and, and it's going to so capture my heart that I'm going to act like the world and, and faint and, and wilt and, and wonder what's going to happen to me because, because that's going to be it. There's no next day. It's going to be a complete change. It's going to be judgment, and it's going to be perfection all in a moment. But don't worry, Jesus, Jesus tells us this. He says, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Now, when he wrote these words, he was talking to the disciples that would see some of the other things mentioned, like the falling of the temple in Jerusalem, they would see some of these things like persecution and false prophets. They would be brought before governors and rulers and be put to death and persecuted. In their generation, they saw all those things coming, right? And so we would think that, you know, Jesus was on the heels of these things happening, and yet he still hasn't arrived. If that generation would see it and the next generation would see some of the same and the next generation all the way to our generation and could we right now, if we just looked at CNN and Fox or wherever you get your news, look at some of the things going on and saying, yeah, some of these signs are, are happening and, and I can point at them in history. I can point at them in my time. I can anticipate them in the way that the future is, is unraveling when when things like a new strain of a virus is found in South Africa, when the market blips because of it, when you see powerhouse nations posturing and, and trying to bump chest to see who has the most missiles and who can do the most damage and instill the most fear, when you see supply chain issues, meaning that some things don't work like they always have and and it sets you a little off balance because you can't anticipate as easy as it was in this blessed country to anticipate the future. We, we're set off balance a little bit and, and we wonder, is, is it now? Is he, is he coming soon? And then we see back in history, though, if it's been so many centuries since he said in that generation that they would see these signs and yet he hasn't returned, is he coming anytime soon? And, and maybe you're like me. When I first heard this whole prediction of the end of times, and it was my dad who was preaching, he was a pastor, it kind of scared me. I, I would think like every thunderstorm was maybe Jesus coming back whenever something would, would be a, a storm where you'd hear those sirens go off and tornadoes were around. You, you wondered, is this what he's talking about? And you'd see stuff like the space shuttle blow up or, or you'd see an eclipse. You wondered, is this what God was talking about? And it always kind of set me off balance. But you know what happened? I continued to live and he never returned. So I just, I just did some simple math and I just turned 51 a few weeks ago and so maybe give or take a day or two, I've lived 18,274 days with these warnings of Jesus in front of me and he still hasn't returned. And you know what that means? After you lived 18,274 days, you start to kind of say, eh, I don't know if he's going to come. And, and at least not anytime soon because it, maybe it's kind of like this. Hey, everybody, look. And, and I, get you, I bet you a bunch of you looked up there because I just did that, right? But, but how long would you stay staring at that 
where I'm pointing? How, how long would you trust that something big is happening? If I sat here for 10 minutes and said, look, and you saw, oh, there's a sprinkler head, and I, I see some lights up there, and there's some wood, but after a while, you'd start to look away, wouldn't you? Even if I said, watch, watch this, you, you'd, you'd say, well, I have other things to do. I have important things to do. Sitting and watching a ceiling is just, that's just not what, what I'm going to do for any amount of time. And, and that's what happens in life too. God says, watch. And yet we get busy and we have other things that are important to do. Not always evil and not always wrong, but they capture our attention they take our days and our time and they take our efforts and we're all absorbed in them. And God says, keep watching. And so if he said this centuries ago, that means that we are centuries closer to his, to his return. And, and he said these things will happen and they continue to happen and every time they do and, and these things creep into our lives, instead of bringing fear and trepidation, they instead should make our hearts beat a little bit more knowing Jesus is this much closer to that anticipated day when he will return, when all is accomplished that he has set out to do. But he says this also to us as a warning. He said this to his disciples who would get weighed down. They would see some pretty bad things. They would experience real, real upfront and in-your-face persecution, even lose their lives over it. So he said this, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. And it it kind of gives us an idea of what God is looking for. He's not looking for how much you've amassed and how good a life you've led and how functional your family is. What he's looking for is what's, what's in your heart. And we got a little snippet of what can happen when a heart is, is drawn to the things of this life in this world. When you, you see what happened to Lot's wife, that seems so harsh. Here God was rescuing his people even though there weren't even 10 people in that sinful city that could claim that they trusted and believed in God and, and yet he was going to bring those, those few out, that family, and she turned and looked and it was not just because she wanted to see what was happening. Her heart was drawn back to where her heart was drawn back to and that was she couldn't leave behind what had captured her heart and God had been pushed out and that's hard when we live in such a blessed country and we live such blessed lives how do you keep that balance because blessings aren't evil and blessings are worthy to be pursued but when the blessings become what our heart is captured by and then we stress and worry about these blessings so much that our hearts are weighed down and sometimes we self-medicate and sometimes we stress out to the point that our prayer life is all about our stuff and about maintaining our stuff and, and keeping this life in the way that we think it should be lived. And all of a sudden we see our hearts drawn into the very thing Jesus is warning us. He says, be careful. When someone says be careful to you, it means someone who loves you is seeing something dangerous and telling you to watch out. I've been there before. I know what can happen. Be careful because if you fall into that, then it's going to grab you like a trap when Jesus comes. Snap! And then what do you do? Trapped by a heart that's been captured by this world where the devil rejoices and God, God must turn away. So how, how do we stay prepared? Well, first you've done a noble thing. You've come 
to hear the one thing that will last beyond all the things that don't last, the word that is eternal. That's where we find his, his promises and that's where we find his truth. But I'll give you a, a really good strategy that falls in line with that too. Jesus speaks of it. He says this. He says, pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you be able to stand before the Son of Man. I, I like that strategy. I don't know if you've watched any football uh, the last couple of days, but there were some plays where they could see the end zone and, and they, could, they could just take a couple more steps and then something grabbed them from behind and down they went. Man, they made it to the three-yard line. Or even worse, they came down so hard and, and the good defender takes and pushes and punches at the ball. The ball pops out and they fumble. Isn't that kind of the way it would be if it were up to us to cross the goal line? that there would be the world that would drag us down as we're just about there. And so the better way is to pray that God would so prepare your hearts to receive him. And when you say a prayer like that, God, enable me to be able to stand on that day, that's a prayer God can't wait to answer. In fact, in your hearing today, he already has answered it. He's already given you the very thing that prepares your heart. It is the forgiveness that Jesus came to win for you and for me. That is the thing that prepares your heart. It's this big, huge thing behind the, the Advent candles, the baptismal font. That reminds you of the status that you have, that you are a child of God, and you walk through this world in a different way with your eyes looking a little bit more heavenward, even though you are part of this world and to find blessings in this world, and, and you also are a part of God's kingdom work in this world. You have a purpose here, but our eyes are always directed a little higher than what the world thinks this life is about and God prepares your heart by reminding you of of what he has done you see he came just like you and me into this world he was born and he lived and he did things just like you and me he was tempted by the world just like we are but the thing about Jesus and his life what that is so important is he did things better than you you and I will ever do in fact, he did things perfectly. He always kept that balance between the pull of the world and a heart that's guided by God and his word, the only thing that's eternal. And he also went into something that you and I haven't experienced because we're here today, but it's something always looming. It's, it's death. And Jesus went into death just like we will experience too. Just like you and me, we shut our eyes and the heart stops beating and the brain stops working, but Jesus did it, did it a little better because he was the only one that went into death completely innocent, not deserving death at all. And he was the one that was death's undoing because when he died, God says, that's it. I don't have to punish and push away anymore. Death has been done and Jesus did something that you and I will experience, but it's not there yet. And that's why we long for this day. We will experience what it means to have life that doesn't end. That's the resurrection of Jesus, right? He showed us how death was undone as he came back, body and soul, just like you and me, but he did it so much better, right? Because now he is the one that has the power to come and to save and to deliver, and he's waiting for that day. He's just left for a few moments as far as he sees time. He went to prepare a place. He went to use his power now from his throne above to make sure that everything could be brought together, that his kingdom would come as we pray for, right? And at just the right time, then he will appear, and it will be amazing. An inheritance, nothing like that will ever be left to you that may get you through a few more years or pay for some college. 
an inheritance that has been prepared for you that means that the end to death and all that is wrong and all the hurt and the sadness and the sorrow and the tears, it comes to an end. This inheritance is preserved for you in heaven and God can't wait to come and deliver it to you personally. And he will come in his time on just the right day. And so he gives warning first to a part of us, that sinful nature, and says, watch and be careful because he's coming. But he also says to us today to comfort us, you're ready because I have chosen you and set you apart. You are my own. I have invested my own blood in you and I am coming for you. And so he says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He's coming and may it be soon. And maybe we can just end with the same little prayer that, that John, who wrote that last book of the Bible, Revelation, said. As he was in the midst of the trials of life and being persecuted for his faith, isolated island, island, you know what he prayed? He said, come, Lord Jesus. And may that be our prayer because we are prepared to meet him and it means our redemption will be here. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God which passes our understanding move our ears to be listening and our eyes to ever be seeing the signs that point to Jesus' return when our redemption shall come. Amen. I invite you to...